0: Al Bayan Radio presents the following program presented by Farhan bin Rafi' Ahmed Inna alhamdulillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inu, wa nastaghfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina min sayyiati a'malina man yahdihi Allah fala mudilla wa man yudlil fala tajid lahu waliya murshida wa shadu la ilaha illa Allah al-Ahad al-Qahhar wa ashadu anna abduhu wa rasuluhu ya ayyuha allatheena amanu Takullah haqqa tuqatih wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun Indeed all praise and thanks belongs to Allah wa ta'ala alone, we seek his help, his distance and guidance in all things. He whom Allah wa ta'ala guides, there is none that can misguide him. And he whom Allah wa ta'ala leads astray, there is none that can guide him, except through the will and permission of Allah wa ta'ala alone. And I bear witness and testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, and that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib al-Hashim al-Qurashi was the final messenger and prophet sent to all of mankind, O you who believe. Fear Allah, fear Allah as he deserves to be feed. And do not die except in a state of Islam, do not die except as you are Muslims. Rabbish sadri wa yassirli amri wa ahlul min lisani yafqahu Today is lesson two in our reading of the chapter of mindfulness of Riyadh Salihin. that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is watching you, which is Babul muraqaba Now today insha'Allah we will begin with the first hadith of this chapter. And this chapter... It starts off with a hadith that is known to every single one of you insha'Allah, which is the hadith of Jibreel salam. Now the hadith of Jibreel salam is the greatest angel of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the master of angels. And in this hadith he comes to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the master of the children of Adam, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now in this hadith what we see is that in one hadith, it summarizes the entire religion completely, subhanAllah. And this is why it is regarded as one of the greatest, if not the greatest hadith that we have in the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Imagine the master of angels speaking to the master of men. That's the scene, subhanAllah. Now, the hadith begins. Now, a lot of this hadith you've heard before, So a lot of the points, especially on the pillars of Islam, pillars of Iman, we're going to touch on it. But you'll see that it's very short. Because if we wanted to wallahi this hadith, we can spend a month on it plus. Because this is the entire religion. We can go into the ahkam of prayer, the ahkam of fasting, the ahkam of zakah, all of the rulings pertaining to it. And this will take a very long time. And that is not the reason why this chapter is here in going through the rulings of fiqh. We're looking through it for, through a specific lens, which is the lens of what? Muraqaba, being mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we will go over يعني, all of it inshallah, then you're not going to just jump from one hadith to another. So this hadith, it begins. Imam Nawawi rahimahullah, he says, عَنْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عنه الله الله the Prophet one day he was sitting amongst his companions as mentioned by Umar, عنه, who says, one day we were sitting amongst the Prophet. Now this is, remember, the best of creation, or the best of man, sitting amongst his creation, amongst the men, subhanallah, and this is the best who existed in his time, and this is how he was with his companions. That he wasn't beyond reach of the companions. He was just sitting amongst them. And subhanallah, this shows us that he was humble and did not act in a way that was fitting of his description. Even though he could have been like, I am the best of creation. I am the best man amongst you. Please don't speak to me. I have things more important than to deal with you. But no. He was sitting there and over here it shows the actual description when we look at the hadith in totality. It shows us that he was just sitting there. No one was asking him anything. That there was a point where literally there was space around him and he was just sitting there. Which shows you the humility of Nabi sallallahu Alaihi wasallam. Then Umar رضي الله عنه says إِذْ طَلَعَ عَلَيْنَا رَجْلٌ شَدِيدُ بَيَادِ الثِّيَابِ شَدِيدُ سَوَادِثِ La لَا يُرَى عَلَيْهِ أَثَرُ السَّفَرِ وَلَا يَعْرِفُهُ مِنَّا أَحَدٍ Umar رضي الله عنه says And a man appeared wearing extremely white clothes and had extremely black hair. No sign of travel was apparent upon him and none of us knew him. Now subhanallah, why is this strange? Is that at that time, Medina was a small place. Technically, Medina, what you see of Masjid al-Nabawi today, is technically what Medina of old was. Everyone knew one another. There wasn't someone who was living there, except that they knew exactly who he was. At least his face would be recognizable. There wasn't a person that was strange that was living amongst them. right? Whether he was from the Jews, or from the believers, or even from the munafiqeen. Everyone was known to everyone. Now subhanallah, this person comes and as a stranger, but no one recognizes him. But he was wearing extremely white clothes. Not just white clothes, extremely white clothes. Now subhanallah, this is the hardest clothes to keep, to keep clean. right? Subhanallah, you feel like anytime you wear a white thawb, six, seven minutes later, there's somehow something, you know what I mean? Something comes on your thawb. Now subhanallah, يعني, this is something that's showing us That it's impossible for him to be a traveler. Because if he was a traveler, think about the travel at that time, dusty roads, on a camel, on a horse, on a donkey, right? All things that would get you messy. But he's maintaining a crisp white dress. Now subhanallah, if he was a resident, you'd say, he just came from home, quick walk to the masjid, six minutes or so, let's just say, right, one of the longest walks, six, seven minutes. And it's easy to keep a, a thobe. We said six minutes is the limit, right? So let's just say he walked from, the, from his house, looking very carefully at where he was watching, making sure that his thobe would stay white and pristine. That's one option. But why is that not an option here? Why? No one recognized him. Which means that he's not a traveler, nor is he a resident, but he's coming in a pristine manner, which just does not make sense. Now subhanallah, this is something that we learn a few lessons in. One is, this is the etiquette of the student of knowledge. He is coming in this hadith, as we know, we'll find out, as a learner, as one who is asking a question. And we see that the etiquette of a student of knowledge is to ensure that he is pristine, kept, maintained, and clean and pure. Both inside and out, but especially out. Yes, so subhanallah, many people think that to be the most pious, especially from Desi land, right? From anyone who's from Desi countries, they think That Tapir Sahib has to be, or the Zahid, the one who has zuhud, He has to be someone who's a bit dirty He's someone that lives in the mountain He's like got long hair, he's got dreadlocks يعني, so Mixed between Babmal and someone else It's some, some weird thing that he's unkept and dishevelled Someone who's not really maintained Wearing dirty clothes That's what you think of, what? Someone who's got zuhud. Someone with asceticism. But this is who? The best of the angels coming to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in crisp, white, pure clothes. Now, subhanallah also it shows us a few other things that we're gonna get to. The next portion, Inshallah, we'll take it there. Umar radiallahu he says, Umar radiallahu anh, he says, he came this man who wasn't a traveler, he wasn't someone who was a resident and he comes until he came to the Prophet and he sat in front of him and he rested his knees upon his knees yani he rested his own knees on the knees of the Prophet and he placed his hands on the thighs of Muhammad Now this is also strange. Why is this strange? It's, he doesn't. No, no one knows him, no one knows him as a traveler, no one knows him as a resident But he feels comfortable enough to go up to the Prophet وسلم, and sit right in front of him Up close and personal Not just that, he touches the Prophet right? So this is something that shows you that this is like something that's very strange Now think about this, Umar عنه, has been sitting with the Prophet وسلم, in so many places, so many sittings In Makkah, in al Medina. And this is something that even he registered while he was sitting there. It's something very unique. It's not something that happens every day. So this is something that's registered inside of his mind. Yes, he found out later who it was. But at that time, he was registering this and thinking this is strange. Right, because this is not the normal way we carry ourselves. Especially if someone doesn't know you. If someone knows you, then it's normal for them to come and place his hands on your thighs. Ya yani, just on your on your legs and come really up close, face to face with you. But if it's the first time you meet someone. That's not the norm of how you you greet them and how you treat them, right? You, everyone's with me so far, right? Now, Subhanallah. In another narration that's found in Sunan Nasai and other places, it says that he sat down as we would sit in salah. How do you sit in your salah? On your knees, right? You sit on your knees. So it shows that he wasn't he's yani, sitting. Like with his legs folded, no, but he was sitting in a way which means it's even closer. Which is even closer. And in another narration, because there's a khilaf between the scholars, did he put his hands on his own thighs, or did he put his hands on the thighs of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi yani Some of the contemporaries, like Shaykh ibn Uthaymin rahimahullah, have said that he put his hands on his own thighs. However the issue with this is that in the narrations of Nasa'i and others it explicitly states that he put his hands on the thighs of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the blessed thighs of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam now subhanallah again we see that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was not beyond even touch if you wanted to touch him you could go and touch him sallallahu alayhi wa Right, it's not something that I am better than you. Move your peasant hand away from me. Right, move your filthy hand away from me. You're not a prophet. I'm a prophet. He could like let's just like hypotheticals. He could have acted out in a way where he'd be like, get away from me. I'm better than you. And Subhanallah, you see, يعne, in a lot of cultures there are people who look down at those beneath them. Right, even if you look in Yani in India, right, I can say it's not racism from India. Right, right? you have a whole class of people who are untouchables untouchables you can't touch them because you will be now what you will actually become unpure they have to deal with the garbage they have to deal with they can't touch you if you're on the upper echelon they can't even they even have yani if you see if you go travel india subhanallah they even have places in the restaurants will we'll say that the cook is not one of those untouchables he's higher he's a brahmin cook Right? This is a Hindu caste system But it's like, this is the high people who are cooking for you Not the low people Your food isn't tainted by their germs Right? SubhanAllah, it's this class system that's going on But this is the best of creation, sitting on the floor Sitting on the floor Enough for someone to come and put his knees upon the knees Of the Prophet Sallallahu And his hands upon him Now SubhanAllah, something that is in this also Is the etiquette of students of knowledge also That if you have a question You have to go and seek the shaykh. You have to go and seek the scholar. You have to go seek the imam. You have to go and find him. You have to chase him. Don't expect him to chase you. And subhanAllah, something that is important is that if you have the ability to come close to the imam, come close to him and ask your question. Don't scream it out from the back if you're unable to, if you're able to come closer. right? Basic adab. But this is him teaching us. That this is how you're supposed to ask a question. This is how you come up in a way that is befitting of the students of knowledge. Now subhanallah, something that is also very important is that this is setting up يعني, عمر رضي الله عنه over here is setting up the things that are going to follow. He's giving you background now, but now this questioner speaks. And the questioner who we know is Jibreel Alayhi Salam, he says, Ya Muhammad, the traveller, he says, O oh Muhammad, Akhbirni Anil Islam, tell me about Islam. Now subhanallah, this is the first question that the questioner asked. And from this the scholars, they take that when you ask a question in a group, look at questions that can benefit the mass. Don't just look at questions that are highly specific, that will only affect one or two people. Subhanallah, this is a question that the entire ummah benefited from. And even questions, they have etiquettes and they have that which is a good question and that which is a bad question. Right, so over here, this question, Subhanallah, it helps us. If he is asking the Prophet sallallahu wasallam to now tell me about Islam, the definition is all of Islam, because Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam won't leave anything out of it. Now, Subhanallah, the first answer. فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ أَنْ تَشْهَدَ أَنَّ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهَ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَدًا رَسُولُ الله. Now, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he said. Islam, al-Islamu Islam is that you testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah Now, the Prophet what comes now is the pillars of Islam and we all know this as children, alhamdulillah Now, the first pillar of Islam we know is the key to paradise You can't enter paradise except if you have this, this key Now, subhanAllah, yes, it has conditions and that's a different topic But... If we have to say something that is important, is that it has to be believed, it has to be said, and it has to be acted upon. Very basic, right? So if someone believes in it and doesn't say it and doesn't act on it, does his belief benefit him? No. If someone says it and does not believe in it, and this is like a thing that some people were doing, they were going around saying to random kafirs, "Say la ilaha illallah." I right, say, and I have a shahada. I have a shahada. I have a shahada. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah And they say it, and they have no understanding of what it is. So over here, if he says it and he doesn't have the understanding of it, it doesn't benefit him. And if the person he says it and believes it, but does not act upon it, this is very dangerous. Now, especially when it comes to the other pillars of Islam, then it shows us that this person hasn't actually benefited from his shahada. So it comprises of three things: you have to believe in it, you have to say it. And you have to act upon it Acting upon it means That you come with the rest of Islam Because the, the beauty of saying that it's pillars Is what? That if one of the pillars was not there It means the entire building falls Right? So subhanAllah I need you to think of Let's just say You're building on water Right? And it needed exactly five things To keep your board upright And if you lost you drown. The thing would fall That's exactly what these five pillars are It's keeping you up this is the bare minimum. This isn't you going to excelling the heights of Islam. This is what's the bare minimum of you being a Muslim. Does that make sense everyone? That if you... That make sense? 100% 100% If he's saying yes, I'm not going to ask him. Now, these five pillars... Five pillars of Islam. Five pillars of Islam. Five. Six is every man. Now these five pillars... Maybe we should go back a little few steps here <laughs> Now these five pillars of Islam are, These are the things that is keeping you away from drowning But think instead of now drowning that it's fire Right, imagine you were on water This is the, the first thing, right Imagine you're on water And on top of these five pillars is a board And you're sitting on it It's just a small board Enough just for you to stand Right Now this board over here If one of these pillars were to be removed then the whole thing, the structure of it, it's like that it stems from one single point, the entire thing falls. And instead of water, what it is, is that if you fail in these five, you will be in the fire. You will be in the fire, that is what this means. You're not a Muslim unless you come with these five pillars, right? And we know this inshallah, we'll take yani, a few examples of this bi'idnillah. But this is the first point, that these five are essential for you to just be considered a Muslim. Now, how do you make that board bigger? Is you do more of these actions, each of them, and you come with that which else entails within it. That you can add on. Think of, you can build something, and then you can choose what type of tiles you want. You can make it as nice as you want. Right? This board over here. You can make it firmer, make it more principled, but these five are your absolute foundations. Make sure you don't dip under this. You can go over, but never dip. Now subhanallah, this is something that is important. How do we live by the Shahada every day? How do we actually, like, yes, we're all Muslim now, alhamdulillah, right? We're born into Islam. How do we actually live by the testimony that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad is His Messenger? Any, any offers? Yeah, muwahideen, tawheel. Salah, ah, In your prayers and your salah, okay? I want something that covers the entire deen. Anything? No? So don't, if I, okay So your answer is, don't commit any I'm going to break it down, sorry, you put your hand up So you're fair game now, you know what I mean? You did this So basically you're saying, the person who does not commit shirk And what? Follows the path You saved yourself there, alhamdulillah Because if you said, a person doesn't follow shirk Do shirk Then if he doesn't do anything, he just stays in bed all day, right? (laughs) It doesn't really work. But the easiest way is that every worship of yours is for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala alone, right? Which is the essence of what you said. Don't commit shirk. But it's the essence is that you're worshiping also, because if you don't commit shirk without worship, right? If you're not worshiping anything, you're not committing shirk per se, right? So you have to worship Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala alone with no partners. He is deserving of all of your worship. That's the first aspect of it. Now subhanAllah, the second is that every action of yours is upon the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa that you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only through that which Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam legislated. Shabab in the back. Assalamu alaykum. Hello. Allah, Now, then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, وَتُقِيمَ الصلاة and islam is that you establish the prayer now subhanallah this is the second pillar of islam but for 365 days in a year this is how you prove that you are a muslim on a daily this is your daily dose of islam because subhanallah think about it hajj once a lifetime if you're able to ramadan once one one month in a year right it's very mean one month in a year is not bad could have been 12 months Zakah one time in a year If you are able to pay zakah If you have the financial means to pay zakah If you even have to pay zakah Right? What's left? Just your salah on a day to day You don't have to pay zakah every day per se You don't have to do Hajj every day But this salah of yours is your daily Islam You say you're a Muslim If you don't come with your prayer You have a question mark on you now Are you really a Muslim? Now, this is what defines you as a Muslim. As every single moment and every day, right? This is five times every day. Which covers all of the times of the day. So, subhanallah, this is how you prove daily that you're a Muslim. Now, subhanallah, what is the word that is used here? Who can tell me? Whatuqeem? Lauda? Lauda, lauda. Whatuqeem? As salah. Right? As <inaudible> What's there? Alif Lam. Alif Lam and then Salah. If it was Tuqim Salah, without the Alif Lam, what would be the difference? Who can tell me? Who's like an Arab grammarian? I'm looking for some... Ah. Okay. Okay. With Alif Lam, it becomes a specific prayer. Without Alif Lam, it becomes a general prayer. So now... What is required of you is to establish the specific prayer, which is the prayer of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. It has specific times. It has a specific method. It has a specific etiquette, a specific way. This is the prayer that Allah wants to see. But if it was qeem salah, that it was without the alif lam, you can just rock on the I'm praying in my heart, right? I'm pure. I pray. I pray. Right? I'm spiritual. Right, I pray all the time. Right, So over here, when it's the alif, Lam is here, is you are to establish a very specific type of prayer, which is the prayer of Muhammad wasallam, And that no other method will be looked at. No other method of you praying is going to be you meditating five times a day, even if it was on the same times, will not be considered as prayer. Okay? You see a'jayib online. SubhanAllah. الزَّكَاءِ And... Islam is to pay the, the obligatory charity, the zakat. So you pay your obligations in both zakatul mal and zakatul fitr. Now you have two charities that you have to pay. And they are very minimal in consideration of your actual wealth. Very minimal. 2.5%? What's that? Literally 97.5% of your wealth is for you. right? And zakatul fitr, subhanallah, it wouldn't even register as a percent. Of most of your bank accounts, right? Unless you're like 18, 17, 16, right? Right, subhanAllah, if you're actually making money, zakat al-fitr is enough even for a poor person to pay it. That's why it's obligatory for every single person to pay it. Right? Every person is to pay zakat al-fitr. But subhanAllah, our love for money is so strong that we can't part with it even that which is considered the dirty part of our money. Right? Zakat and Sadaqah is seen as that you are cleansing your money. So you're taking out the impurity and keeping that which is pure. But you, human beings innately, we are created to love wealth. right? Even it was found in the Quran, what that if son of Adam had a valley of gold, then he would want another one. And nothing would fill this quench, this actual desire for wealth, except what? The dust filling his mouth, meaning death. So subhanallah, this was actually in the Quran, it was abrogated by Al-Hakum Al-Takathur, right? But subhanallah, this is something that's important, is that we have this innate nature to love wealth. The first thing that the people had an issue with after the death of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi was zakah. You'd think it'd be salah, right? Five times a day, fajr, you know, it's too cold, it's too early. I like my. But the first issue was zakah. In the time of Abu Bakr the people who were around Medina, some of them, they said, We will pray, we will fast, we will go to Hajj, we will do the testimony, we will hold him still as the Messenger of Allah, but we are not going to give zakah anymore. We did that in his time, and now no longer is this required from us. The so first thing they had an issue with 2.5%. 2.5%, that's all they had an issue with. You keep 975 but no, they had an issue with taking out al-sakhil mal, right? Getting the dirty money out. So subhanallah, this love for money, right, has been from day dot, has been an issue for humans, right? Especially within the Muslims, that this is what Abu Bakr, he fought them over. So this is what we said. Have you meditating here, have you? Allah feek. Now, what is important here is what we mentioned. That if you didn't do one of these, your pillars fall. Abu Bakr radiallahu an, he fought those who did not want to give zakah. He fought them alongside those who left the fold of Islam. Those who were following other prophets, he fought them the same way. So over here, leaving off one part of these five pillars is enough to take you out of the fold. So be very, very careful. He said that even if they withhold a single rope, that they would give the Messenger of Allah, I will fight them over it. Imagine that. He says that these people, they, they they try to distinguish, make a differentiation between Salah and Zakah. I will fight them over it. So subhanallah, these five, these are just your bare minimums. That's what we're trying to get to. Continuing. And he says, وَتَصُومَ Ramadan," And that you establish the fast during the month of Ramadan. And... We fast for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the month of Ramadan which is fast approaching and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to reach it. My brothers and sisters, this is something that we need to just take more as just being a cultural habit. That we fast and it's a festival. It's not meant to be a festival. Fasting Ramadan is the fasting of the whims and the desires and the, and the body from all forms of laghw all forms of vain speech, all forms of things that doesn't benefit you walking the nights in Ramadan with thousands of people looking at haram, thinking of haram, doing haram, that's not the spirit of Ramadan. Ramadan is not a festival, it is a season of worship. Ramadan is not a festival where you go and walk amongst the shayateen of the humankind. Right? Subhanallah, they all gather. <laughs> For some reason, in Ramadan, the jinn kind there are locked up, but these guys want camel burgers. Right? Subhanallah, like, it's, it's, it's a problem. So your issue over here is that you need to fast Ramadan properly. And subhanallah, we believe as Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah that the days of Ramadan are not as holy as the nights of Ramadan. So you fast all day and at Maghrib you think, you clock off, I'm done. <laughs> I'm finished. I'm, I'm sorted now. You go Taraweeh and you think, okay, Taraweeh, if they finish the whole tarawih, it's good, right? But if they finish tarawih, they clock off, I'm done. And subhanAllah, when you finish the tarawih, generally in the masajid where you pray, you have to understand that you are now entering the best part of Ramadan. You're entering the best part of Ramadan, which is the nights of Ramadan. The, the later the night is, the better the reward. And subhanAllah, you're walking like a sheep or in the street. Right And you're waiting for hours. Wallahi, one brother counted it and he said, it took me an hour and a half to get a burger. And he says, I finished it and I wanted the second one. <laughs> and so it's like three hours for two burgers. Is that what Ramadan is for? Well, this is something that's very dangerous, my brothers and sisters. It's not the month of shopping. It's not even the month of gift giving. Okay, it's a month where you're fasting. It's the month of the Quran. If you want to give your family gifts on Eid, my nasiha to you is start now. Before Ramadan, you have a month, just get it done over and done with. If you want to, yes, we should make Eid special for our children, 100%, I'm with you. But not at the cost of the last 10 nights of Ramadan, not at the cost of the last 10 days of Ramadan. That's not what these nights are for, subhanAllah. On the 27th night, 28th, 29th, even though we are on the opinion that يعني, Laylatul Qadr is any time in the ten, in any of the odd nights. But subhanAllah, let's just say the 27th, which is generally seen by the community, wrong or right, they see it as Laylatul Qadr. You see, that's the busiest night outside. Shopping, what? Eid. I'm getting Eid thobes. no one cares. <laughs> Try your hardest to do all of your shopping and the things that you need to do now. Get rid of this time that you have, you're wasting it now. Get rid of it now, don't waste Ramadan. Now subhanAllah, only a believer, I give you glad tidings, that only a believer looks forward to Ramadan. If you're looking forward to Ramadan, have some hope in your heart that you are still, Allah has put something good in your heart. If you're looking, if you're anticipating Ramadan, I can't wait for Ramadan, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put something beautiful in your heart. And don't extinguish this with with sin. This is a blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon you. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to reach Ramadan. I'm just gonna look at you from now, خلاص, No? وَتَحُجَّ الْبَيْتَ in istaata إِلَيْهِ sabila and Islam is what? To make pilgrimage to the Kaaba if a way is possible. And from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that He has allowed you if you are unable to go to Mecca In the pilgrimage, if you're not able to afford it, he has lifted this pillar off you. So it's as if your Islam is only four. Subhanallah. And you shouldn't feel bad. If you're unable to genuinely afford it, you shouldn't feel bad as if you're a muqassir, as someone who is falling short. It's because it's out of your hands. Rizq is not from you, it's from Allah. Rizq is from you, not from you, it's from Allah. Now something that is important is, if you had the ability to save up, to go to hajj, then some of the scholars have said that any other travel that you do becomes haram. Now you going to Bali, Malaysia, going to Thailand, going to Fiji, going to New Zealand, going to Perth, Queensland, Brisbane, you might spend more in Brisbane on a trip to Brisbane than you would overseas, subhanAllah. Right? But over here, these trips that you take as holidays, if you could save up and eventually four or five years you could actually earn Hajj, that is now obligatory upon you. Don't take this matter lightly. It's not something, yes, your life kind of goes on pause because this is your obligation. So we see brothers and sisters, they go all the way to Dubai. <laughs> they reach all the way. It's just one more flight, subhanAllah. Right? They reach all the way to Dubai. Or they go on multiple Umrah trips. Six, seven thousand each trip. But if you saved up three, four years of this, of these yearly trips, you could earn Hajj, no problems. You could go to Hajj. So now your Umrah over here is not necessary. What is necessary is for you to make Hajj. So now try to save up and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection, Ya Rabb. Then Jibreel alayhi salam, but the companions don't know as Jibreel, he says, Qala sadaqt. You have spoken the truth. And Umar an, he says, Qala fa'ajibna an yas'aluhu Right? We were confused, we were amazed that he is the one who is asking the question, and he is the one who is confirming the answer. Imagine someone asks the sheikh, sheikh, how do I pray? And the guy in the Shaykh shows, I need to see you, you Move back so I can see you. I need to see you, Habib. Huh? You send them, I send him to you. Now, imagine, subhanAllah, someone asks the sheikh, how do I pray? How do I pray? And the sheikh shows him how to pray. And subhanAllah, he says, you are right. What are you doing? Testing me? Hey, what are you doing? Now, subhanAllah, this is why the companions were saying, this is strange. Right? Something just does not add up. Something is strange here. Now, subhanAllah, then after that, he says, qala fa'akbirni anil iman. Now he's asking for another step. He says, tell me about faith. Tell me about iman. And so, now he moves on from the physical worships to now the worships of the heart, the beliefs, the creedal system. And he says, Qala an تُؤْمِنَ billah The Prophet he replied, he says, Faith is that you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this means to believe in His names, His attributes, His divine qualities, that all worship is divine, all worship is deserving, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is deserving of all worship. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is your Lord, your creator. Anything that comes under this belief of Allah is there. And then he says, وَمَا ikatihi, And faith is that you believe in His angels. Now subhanAllah, we believe in the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who are created out of what? Yeah, slipping, caught you slipping. Uh, uh, him specifically, just him. He's out of it completely. The angels are created out of light. Uh, not you, bro. How bad is you? Come on. Now, the angels we believe in the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they are what? Made out of light, and that they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they fulfill the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without any hesitation. Then, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he says, "Wa And faith is that you believe in the books of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now we believe that the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sent books to His Prophets and Messengers. Now we only know of a few of them. We don't know of all of the books and the, and the, and the messages that came to the Prophets. Now subhanallah we know only of some which are the first is what okay. Let's okay let's start we we'll just go with like torah let's just start with torah Musa alayhi salam then we have the injil which was sent to Isa alayhi salam yes. then you have the suhuf no. uh, Ibrahim and no. Musa right so some say that the suhuf is the same as the torah right but the suhuf of Ibrahim is something separate then you have the Zabur, which was to Dawood Then you have the Qur'an, which is the, to the Messenger of Allah sallam. Now does this belief in this in the books of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Does that mean that we go and pick up the Gospel today or the Talmud today and we read it and say, this is the book of Allah? Wallahi, one brother came to me. He's like, I finished reading the Qur'an, now I'm looking for the Injil. Where do I find it? Now, I mean subhanAllah <laughs> Now, does this is that what this means? We go pick up the Talmud today, right? We go, we try to go to Mesopotamia and try to find, or like, go to Beit al-Makhdis and we try to find where is the surah of Musa and Ibrahim? Is that what we're doing? No. Now, Subhanallah, what we believe is that these were yes, initial messengers said to the prophets and the messengers, messengers specifically, right? But we believe that they were not preserved, and that the only book that has been preserved is the Quran. This is the principles of Islam. And then he says, And faith is that you believe in his messengers. We believe in men that were anointed as prophets and messengers by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout human history. And they were to be followed in their times and amongst their peoples. But only Muhammad sallallahu wasallam was sent to all of mankind from his time till the end of time. وَالْيَوْمِ akhir And faith is that you believe in the last day. And we believe that there will be a resurrection. And that you will be judged by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But integral to this, the position of Ahl Sunnah wal is that we believe in this how To believe in everything that happens and that which occurs after the death of an individual. Which includes what? Huh? Barzakh, the questioning of the grave, the adab of the qabr, all of this comes under this and Allah knows best. And then Nabi s.a.w. he says, وَتُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدْرِ And faith is that you believe in predestination, it's good and it's harm. Now we believe that everything that occurs till the day of judgment is written and it's preserved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the tablet. And it is known by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when did this writing exist? 50,000 years before creation. 50,000 years before creation of the heavens and the earth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala predetermined that which will occur. Everything is in the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then again, the questioner says, "Qala sadaqt You have spoken the truth. Then, these are the pillars of Islam. How many are there, bro? How many are there? Islam. Yes, Islam. Five. Pillars of Iman? Seven. Six. Now, then the angel goes on and he says, 'an The questioner then asked, tell me about excellence, about Ihsan. And subhanallah, this covers the excellence of the heart and the excellence of the limbs in all of your actions. The Prophet wasallam, he says, قال, تكن, the Prophet he says that you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if you see him. And if you do not see him, then surely he sees you. Now subhanallah, this is why this hadith is here in this chapter. Which is what? mindfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's Allah is watching you. And you need to be mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? So subhanAllah, to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if you worship Him, this comes when you worship Him out of love and hope. When you worship Allah as if you see Him, this stems when you do things out of love and out of hope. You pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you do it as if you see Allah, so you do it perfectly. Now subhanallah, like the prayer of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but this is a worship that is both perfect inwardly and outwardly. And this is better than what comes next. That if you can't see Allah, then surely He sees you. And this is when you worship Allah out of a state of fear. So when you're thinking of not doing one of your obligations, you know that Allah is watching you, so you get up and you pray. When you're thinking of doing something haram, you know that Allah is watching you, so you stay away from that which is haram. So this is filled by fee, and the other is by love and hope. So subhanallah, one thing that you have to always understand is when you are patient against sin, don't think that this is useless. Don't think that this is just wasted time. That every moment that you are patient with this test of you trying to stay away from haram is counted as a worship in itself. You are being raised in your levels insha'Allah. This in itself is a ibadah, is a worship. Now subhanallah, this is a position when you understand That Allah sees you. When you understand that Allah sees you, this is something where you understand that your heart is still alive. If you ever are doing something that you shouldn't be, and you remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you, this is something that's a trigger in your heart that's still alive. That your heart hasn't died yet. That your heart is still there. And subhanallah, if you pour water over this flame, it will eventually go. It will be removed. And then you will not feel when you disobey Allah. You'll be in a state of ghafla, a state of heedlessness. Where you can sin against the creator, the king of all kings, and it will not affect you. Your heart is dead. Because of what? Sin. So when you feel something in your heart, when you are doing that which you're not supposed to, understand that this is a call from your heart, and it's something that is still beautiful in your heart, and this is something that Allah has placed in your heart Don't now pour water over this flame And remove it, extinguish this light Remember that, right? SubhanAllah, this is something that is very very important Then continuing قَالَ فَأَخْبِرِنِّي عن السَّاعَةِ So the question I asked to tell me about the hour قَالَ مَا الْمَسْؤُولُ عَنْهَا بِأَعْلَمَ مِنَ السَّائِلِ The person who's asked Does not know more than the person who is asking So now, this is Jibreel, the messenger of Allah, of the angels, asking the messenger of Allah for all creation, when is the hour? And he says, I don't know. And if he says, I don't know, he is saying, you don't know. So this is the greatest of the angels and the greatest of the messengers. They don't have this knowledge. So now, many points are known from this. Not all matters of the unseen are known by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and even Jibreel. There are things that Jibreel has seen that no one else has seen. Everyone's with me? That's things from the unseen. But not every matter of the unseen is known by Jibreel. Because he doesn't even know when the hour is. And an incorrect belief is that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa has all of the knowledge of the unseen. Which is also incorrect. The Prophet Sallallahu had some knowledge of the unseen. So for instance, he could hear the punishment of the grave. Yes, he saw the angels. He saw Jannah, he saw Jahannam, he saw things that's from the unseen. We do not deny this. But, does he know all of the unseen? No, we don't. We don't say this. Okay, because over here it's clear that he doesn't know this. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, He says in Surah Al-Imran, no. Maybe an al off the top of my head. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions, يَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ السَّاعَةِ أَيَّانَ مرساها. They ask you, when is the hour? The clear question, when is the hour? When is it going to come? When is it going to be established? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives a command to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa He says, Qul Say, that knowledge is with my Lord The knowledge of this is with my Lord I don't have this knowledge So now this is clear That some matters of the unseen Not all Some matters of the unseen Were known to Muhammad sallallahu And some of them were not known Everyone with me? No, no objections? Alhamdulillah Now, also This is the prophet of Allah The messenger of Allah Saying, I don't know So why are you shy to say, I don't know? When someone asks you a question, you're quick. Yeah, I think it means this. Habib, no one asked you to think. No one asked you for your sense. No, no one, no one, no one asked you, right? For you to think, you know, or you don't know. You know, or you don't know. Now, if you think you know something, you answered, Alhamdulillah, it's a mistake. But you should not put yourself in a position to answer questions on the deen. If you don't know, if you think, you assume, You guess, maybe no one needs to know this from you. Okay? This is the Messenger of Allah saying, I don't know. This is the Angel Jibreel, he doesn't know. Who are you? Who are you? Why are you so quick to want to answer every question? SubhanAllah, some people, whatever question comes their way, anything, I think, I believe. I heard. You didn't hear. You, 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 you. No one said it. <laughs> and if he said it, you're an idiot for listening to him. Right? So subhanAllah, it's very, very important that you stay away from answering questions you don't know. Then he says, Then tell me about its signs because the Day of Judgment, it has signs. The first sign that he gives is that the slave gives birth to its master. This is two possible meanings here. One has occurred. One is that a person will own a slave girl and she and he will sleep with her right which is permissible for him and she becomes pregnant and she gives birth that child is born free even though the mother is a slave so she is a slave and the master sleeps with her and the child that is born is born free so now she has given birth to her own master Right? So now he has the option of yani, freeing her or at his death she is freed. Right? There's rulings on this, the slavery, Big another question. Right? But this has already occurred, right? especially in the time of the Mamaliks and other times. This is basically saying that there will be a mass spread of money. People will have slaves, people will have yani, the ability to do this. Right? So he's talking about a lot of money will be spread. And this is when the, yani, Islam was spread, there was a lot of slaves that were acquired. Okay, now continuing, and then the, the second uh, opinion, which is uh, not the stronger opinion, but it feels better like it sounds better, is how we treat our own mothers. How we treat our own mothers that she has given birth to her master because we treat our mothers like slaves, she does everything for us, but we don't even say thank you, wala she. it's like, yeah, you're supposed to do it, you're my mom. You're supposed to do it for me. Your mom obviously going to cook for me. Obviously. That we treat them, even when we're older, subhanAllah, as if they're our slaves. We ask Allah to forgive us, Ya Rabb. Your mother under her feet is Jannah. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive me in my regard in this as well. But subhanAllah, we are all shortcomings. We all have shortcomings when it comes to our dealings with our mothers. We ask Allah for His protection, Ya Rabb. And then he says, And he says, and you see barefoot, naked, dependent shepherds compete in, stru- compete, compete in the construction of tall buildings. Now subhanallah, this is something that we see today. Everyone is competing with one another. The misconception today though, is that this is only with the Arabs. There's no word of Arab here. It says shepherds are only Arab shepherds. That's that's racist. <laughs> Straight up. That's, right? So it's you see poor people, right? They are now competing. They have money now and they're competing one another with bunyan in construction. You now subhanAllah I was yani, pondering over this. Like it's not yani, I, I, I don't like, I don't put any stock in this, but like a lot of poverty was seen in the Middle East yani, previously. I think this is why people make those links. Right? Because like a hundred years ago, Dubai was not what it looks like today. Right? It was like a fishing vessel, like end of corner type, like random place, right? Emirates. <laughs> no one really cared about that part of the land a hundred years ago. Only with its oil money and stuff, that's when it starts to come in. But like Kuala Lumpur has one of the biggest places also, one of the biggest buildings, the KL Towers. Right? It's one of the biggest it used to be one of the biggest buildings. So it's not just the Arabs fighting one another in constructing tall buildings. It's those who are poor from just generally, and they are now building tall buildings. Now, quick question. Does this mean it's a bad thing? Do you think it's a bad thing or not? Huh? Is this a bad thing? Okay. Are the signs of the hour bad or good? Scary? Huh? Tajjal, not scary? Yeah, juj and majuj, not scary? Freaky, right? Yes or no? No, 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 no. But listen. Tajjal, is it scary or no? Is it something bad or no? Right? We have to seek refuge in the, the fitna of Dajjal. So now... The question is, are all... <laughs> you guys are now worried. Now, are all signs of the hour bad or good? You don't know, okay. Some bad, some good. So over here, bad or good? Depends on how you're looking at it. Bro, what's all these safes like? One sec. right? Give me actual answers.